This is an RNZ podcast. Do you remember what it was like at the beginning of 79? Crisis? What crisis? The rubbish piled high in the streets, ambulances left unmanned, the dead unburied. Prime Minister James Callaghan returned from a sunny summit meeting in the Caribbean in January 1979 to freezing cold and industrial chaos at home, which the tabloids in Britain had labelled the winter of discontent. I don't think that other people in the world would share the view that there is mounting chaos. Now, don't you think that's sufficient after a, an 11, 9-hour flight overnight? Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And no breakfast. However, with the mounting chaos that he talks about in the country, I doubt if I should even find a cup of coffee, do you? But Callaghan was choking on his breakfast the next day when the Sun newspaper had the banner headline, Crisis, What Crisis?, superimposed on his suntanned face, filling the rest of the front page. Callaghan lost the general election to Margaret Thatcher's Tories heavily four months later, and even though James Callaghan never said there was a crisis or no crisis, a BBC political history 22 years later concluded that it became part of political folklore because it suited the mood of the nation at the time. No wonder those in power are reluctant to say on the record to the media that problems might amount to a crisis. Well, this week, many in the media here were sniffing a similar souring in the public mood of this country and have also tried to get our Prime Minister to say that word. The Prime Minister finally dropping the C-bomb today. This represents a crisis for many families, absolutely. Conceding it is crisis time. That was NewsHub political editor Jenna Lynch on NewsHub at 6 last Monday. And NewsHub was chalking that up as a win for them, having tried to pin down the Prime Minister on that for more than a week. So is it a crisis? Oh, I, I wouldn't describe it that, that way. Okay. There is an impact that people are feeling, undeniably, but I would not describe it um, in that way. Now, the Prime Minister broke the seal on that last Monday first, referring to a war-driven energy crisis. But that wasn't enough for News Talk ZB's Andrew Dickens when he was speaking to CTU economist Craig Rennie. Do you think they're finally getting the picture? Um, I'm not going to put words in the Prime Minister's mouth. And Andrew Dickens was also determined to get that word out of Jacinda Ardern's deputy, Grant Robertson. Well, it is a global energy crisis which affects the cost of living. It's a cost of living crisis, is it not? certainly is for a number of New Zealand families. And in the end, I don't think it really matters whether we call it a crisis or a shock or a spike. It's causing real pain for a lot of families. But it seemed to matter very much to the media that the government conceded that a crisis did exist. But on News Talk ZB, Andrew Dickens told his listeners... He wasn't doing that just for the sake of it, but because he thought politicians weren't actually in touch with the reality of poverty. She must be aware of the impact that a rapid rise of inflation in the order of 5 to 7% must be having on the household budget of the poor. These are households that have nothing to spare a week, no wriggle room. And then they've got the inexorable rise in rents and then the rapid rise in fuel. There is nothing else you could call it but a crisis and it's been sudden. And Andrew Dickens went on to say that this wasn't about sudden spikes in food and fuel prices. It went back years and governments. And to illustrate that, he dismantled the debut column in the Herald on Sunday by former National Deputy Paula Bennett, who's now the director of a top Auckland real estate firm. New Zealanders need a focus on our future, Paula Bennett concluded, and hope that the cost of living won't make life worse and a plan for this amazing country to prosper. And Andrew Dickens found that from Paula Bennett more than a little bit glib. You see, Paula, when costs rise, 
and wages are remaining low and childcare is expensive, households are forced to make a calculation as to the best way to get through. And what Paula Benefit doesn't get is not that the benefit is so high they want to stay on it, it's that the wages are so low and inflation makes work unprofitable and unsustainable. You see, all our comfortable middle-class politicians cry crocodile tears for the poor while all the time failing to understand the poverty trap that so many New Zealanders have fallen into. So look, of course it's a crisis and it's been building for years. Now those were good points powerfully made by Andrew Dickens on News Talk ZB there. It's a crisis for households and businesses who live on narrow margins but just a bit inconvenient for others who are much better off. And as if to make that point, this advert crashed in immediately after Andrew Dickens' impassioned comment. Say, I need petrol, and it will navigate a route to the nearest petrol station. You can even plan your trip in advance and send it to your vehicle. Because nothing should take away the pleasure of driving a Porsche. Porsche New Zealand. Faster to the future. Fast-rising petrol prices are probably not much of an issue for potential purchases of brand-new Porsches right now. Now, having highlighted politicians' blind spot for the plight of people with no spare cash for the basics, let alone luxuries, Andrew Dickens was back with this on Thursday. News Talk ZB. Yeah, move over petrol prices. Now we've got a new problem in town. Takeaway coffee prices look set to rise uh, thanks to a high cost of living, freight prices through the roof, and a poor season of... Coffee Beans. Uh, joining us now is Chris White from the Altura Coffee Company. Hello, Chris. And having run through all this, he left his listeners with this thought. News Talk ZB. We have a texter claiming that uh, the Ponsby Road has $6 coffees right now. So Ponsby. And Andrew Dickens wasn't alone. On RNZ's morning report that day, co-host Guy and Espiner headlined the hike in the cost of fancy coffee like this. Let's look at something genuinely important now, the cost of coffee. It's gone through the roof and is being described as insane by a Wellington roastery and cafe business. And on Morning Report that day, the cost of metropolitan treat coffee in cafes was fully canvassed, with media-friendly Ponsonby in Auckland getting a mention as well. Obviously it's a lot cheaper than that in downtown Wellington and Auckland, the cities where there is a lot of competition, but this person, someone saying mm. coffee at Tui Tui Bistro at the museum is $8.00. I mean, that seems pretty extraordinary, but then it is. <laughs> we've got a few. We've got a few coming in from around the country. There's like a weather forecast now, isn't it? Like, where's the, where's the hottest coffee? Um, Ponsonby Road, oh, 5.30 for a standard flat white. Ponsonby Road is actually probably not too bad. And the question of what we pay for fancy coffee was an issue right through the day on RNZ National. Joe Stoddart from Havana Coffee says the average coffee drinker will spend between 1800 and $2,200 on cafe coffees each year. Now, are Kiwi coffee drinkers really, on average, buying what would amount to around 400 or more coffees in cafes each year? Seems unlikely when StatsNZ's household expenditure survey, as recently as 2019, reckoned households were spending, on average, just $4 a week on tea, coffee and other hot drinks. Now, either way, NewsHub's report that same day said that cafe coffee would be going up in small increments in coming months, and they told their viewers this. So maybe start putting away a few extra cents, but not dollars, just yet. The assumption there being that their viewers really could and should be able to afford treat coffee regularly. A bit alienating for the families that ZB's Andrew Dickens was talking about earlier, who really are experiencing a cost-of-living crisis right now. It's not just the politicians, perhaps, who have a bit of a blind spot about that reality. Now, Andrew Dickens was far from alone in badgering the government this week to call it a cost-of-living crisis, 
But Jacinda Ardern's former chief of staff, the left-leaning pundit and lobbyist Neil Jones, told Andrew Dickens on News Talk ZB the Prime Minister had her own political reasons for wanting to give that word a swerve for so long. She fell into a trap in not wanting to call it a crisis. I think she thought if she did that, she was playing Christopher Luxon's game. The risk she put herself in, though, is you start to look out of touch if you say that there's not a crisis when everyone thinks there is. But while the media wanted the government to acknowledge that this was much more than just an energy crisis, the price of petrol was driving the media, much more than any other part of this perfect economic storm earlier this week. It's a new dawn at the petrol pump. Prices should now be back to what they were three or four weeks ago. The government's temporarily pulled 25 cents a litre off its fuel excise duty and told the petrol companies to pass it on. Easing the pain at the pump there bumped increased pain in Ukraine down the programme when Marnie Dunlop introduced Morning Report on Tuesday. But later on Morning Report, RNZ's Hamish Cardwell reported no rush at the capital's petrol stations. In a week, two weeks, it's going to be back up to where it was yesterday. So we're not seeing a rush to the petrol pump this morning, Hamish and Wellington? Hardly, no, hardly at all. It's a pretty kind of crappy day and I think people are just kind of getting on with their lives, yeah. So not so much a new dawn then. In other words, same old, same old at a lower price for now. And even before the government's intervention on Monday, petrol panic was leading TVNZ's One News last weekend. Kia ora, good evening. Looming petrol price hikes have sparked panic buying at the pump and left some stations without any fuel. Right now, Waitomo stations are raising their prices in the single biggest jump the company's ever implemented. Katie Stevenson is at Waitomo in Christchurch's central city and joins us now. Tell us what's happening there now, Katie. TVNZ's Katie Stevenson said huge queues in Christchurch were also forming elsewhere because of news of an imminent hike which triggered that petrol price FOMO, fear of missing out, among twitchy drivers, as well as a bit of, let's call it, Ford, fear of running dry. I've got a quarter tank left and I wasn't going to, but then I saw the news and then saw someone shared on Facebook that 95 was going for $2.70 a litre. Probably a little bit more thinking, do I need to drive the car? It just happened TV right on empty, so uh, I didn't expect to wait so long there to fill. Another part of the government response was that public transport users would be no fools from the 1st of April. They'd be saving half on their fares. And this guy told Morning Report, you can catch more than just a bus if you're a conversationalist. Oh, I mean, look, any, anything can happen on a bus as well. You know, if you're a, a single man or woman, you might, you might find the love of your life on your bus. You might just enjoy not having to think and drive for once, you know. Get your head down, read a book, you know, do whatever you want, like... Talk to people on the bus. What happened to talking to people on the bus? (laughs) I love it, you know. And coincidentally, Morning Report's bird of the day on Tuesday was the wandering tattler. The wandering tattler. Although the public transport policy was overshadowed by the media's focus on the petrol prices, it did spark some debate. Auckland mayoral candidate FSO Collins, for example, who's campaigning for free public transport in the city, told Morning Report this on Tuesday. Your reporter Hamish just said that people are getting on with their lives and what we've often found is people do that, people are making adjustments now so that they can get on with their lives. So I think it's important that this isn't just a crisis for today, this is a pinch that people have been feeling around fuel, soaring costs and food and housing that they've been feeling a long time before COVID. And later, his rival candidate Viv Beck said that scrapping regional petrol taxes and speeding up existing transport projects should be the priority. We've got a tax that is not reducing congestion and we've got people who can't access public transport because they, don't, they have to drive. There's a high dependence on vehicles in Auckland. 
And in the same program, her PwC tax partner, Sandy Lau, said that this showed it was actually surprisingly easy for the government to make what she called a once-in-a-generation intervention. And the sorts of moves that were reckoned to be too radical or even a bit weird outside of a crisis were fleetingly discussed this week in the media. One of the most vocal exponents of car culture in the media is Mike Hosking, who reckons that advocates for public transport and cycling have been wasting their time. Back in 2018, for example, he told his listeners this. The public transport lobby preached the myth that bike lanes and bus lanes and less and less bitumen for cars is the answer to getting to work in the morning. Kiwis love their cars, Mike Hosking said back then on News Talk ZB, and he's told his listeners that many times since. Like it or not, nothing will change that. But there was one thing he said that might. I mean, if petrol goes to three bucks a litre, it'll probably change. But until then, we love our cars. We have more cars per head of population than most places in the world. And that isn't changing. And four years on, petrol did get to three bucks this past week. And it'll be back there soon. So maybe it really is a new dawn, as Morning Report reckoned last Tuesday, after all.